Today is August 18th, 2016, and this is an interview with pig frontman Raymond Watts by Nick Burkell. Now, Ray, how are you doing today? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's all ticking over. I've, you know, been kicking over the engine a bit and um, getting ready for this tour that we embark on um, quite shortly, starting in Toronto on the 6th of next month. And making sure everything's all sort of tickety-boo and squared away in that department. Yeah, that's good. I've noticed in the past year or so, you've been doing a lot more writing and releasing music in a high volume. It's great to see you putting out more new music. Um, can you tell me about what was going on as you were writing The Diamond Sinners? Uh, yeah, that, that track itself. That song itself. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I'm glad you noticed that I've been doing more stuff because... I wasn't really doing any pig stuff for a few years before that, so it's quite a, kind of yeah. good that you noticed. <laughs> um, no, I was doing, before I was doing music, just to touch on that, for like all sorts of different things, for like little fashion internet things, installations, museums, um, all, sorts of, all sorts of stuff, runway shows, little films and things. Um, so uh, The Diamond Sinners, that track you mentioned, that's one of the ones, it's actually the lead-off track on this new album, The Gospel. Um, and what was going on at that point was I'd written a lot of the stuff, the majority of the stuff on the album with Mark Thwaite. Um, and then Greg, had, Greg, who is known as Zemar, um, the guy from Combi Christ, had flown over from Atlanta to basically put the album to bed here in London. And we had kind of a lot of material. And then he said, oh, I've got this old, this, he said, I've got this track that was sitting around that he'd put together some while ago. And I listened to it and I went, oh, I think I might be able to do something with that, you know, in terms of words. And very, very quickly, like a lot of this album in the end, it just happened very quickly. I wrote some words, Bath, Greg took it back uh, to Atlanta. He sent some stems over. He changed a few bits. We sort of did that bit collaboratively, but, you know, over a distance. And it seemed to represent, you know, the kind of collaboration of me and him and sort of contained elements that are also in the rest of the album. And it seemed to be quite representative of it. Almost like a kind of resurrection in a way or something like that of the pig thing, but in a different form. I don't know. It was. I don't know what was going on but it was just going. What, what's the story with um, the Long and the Tooth EP? You worked with uh, Pruner Verace on that, I believe. That's right. Um, the guy uh, who put that together, um, Chris Nicker, he contacted me, and I had done some stuff where basically I had a couple of tracks lying around. I think one's called Comfort Deutschland, and... Uh, what's the other one called? Oh, anyway, there's some tracks on that thing that I had, and they put so they sent me a bass line and some bits and pieces and some rhythms, and I worked on that and constructed some choruses and stuff around it, and that was great fun, and that was kind of tipping my, tip, you know, getting the kind of, I was sort of getting, you know, I kind of thought, oh, this pig thing's quite good, you know, and I hadn't been near that kind of style of music for a while, and I felt it really. It was new, but it was old. It was the same, but it was different. It was different, but it was the same. And um, it felt really comfortable to do it. And in that process of working with Primitive Race, um, Mark Thwaite had been approached also. And he sent something to me, which we worked on. 
And then we started working more and more by sending files back to force. Um, Mark's in LA. I was in this tiny little cottage down in the middle of the countryside here in, uh, in a very rural part of um, southern England, surrounded by trees and hills and no electricity apart from a generator and loads of dogs yeah. fucking miles from anywhere. Um, uh, but I had this dish and I could get some internet stuff and we sort of, me and Mark started working and it was great and I loved the stuff he was sending me and it was just a really great way to work to begin with and then finishing it proved to be a bit problematic because I prefer to be shoulder to shoulder with somebody or eyeball to eyeball with them going no 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 let's try it like that do this sorry it's a bit of a long and convoluted answer this so it was great but then I couldn't deal with the sending files sending files is great for a remix if you just you give somebody carte blanche but I need to be more hands-on with someone so the stuff sat on the back burner for a bit and um then it, then some time went by and it turned to the next album but that was the primitive race thing was instrumental in kick-starting thing in myself again so i'm really eternally grateful for them to say you know reach Chris reach out and say hey man why don't we do this thing you know with the compound eyed sessions, tell me, was there like a story that you can share that helped you compose this song, Drugzilla? Well, not really. No, it's not. There's no story at all. There's no story. It's. Um, I think the title is probably fairly self-evident about. Yeah. Kind of, you know, it's not a Godzilla, but it was a drugzilla, and I think there was a lot of. You know, there was a lot of that going on, particularly not not at that time, but had been going on for a long, long time. And Mark was very, you know, Mark Heal from Cubanate. I mean, I've known Mark since way back in the 90s and we'd run into each other at these fucking grotty little clubs in London where we'd be doing shows or Cubanate would be opening for Pig or something like that. I can't remember. It was such a long time ago, but we found ourselves in fairly similar kind of kind of gutters of depravity sometimes. I think that's not really a secret. Um, and Mark, again, was really instrumental. I mean, he really had his shit together and he was going, come on, man. You can write some really great stuff. I've got some great riffs, da 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 da. He'd collaborated with a little a little bit with me on the well, more than a little bit actually, on the Pig Martyr album. And then some time went by and he was going, Hey man, come on, let's do this. And he was instrumental in going, get down to the studio, do something. And I'm going I'm always going, Oh, that wasn't so great. And he said, No, this is great, man. Let's run with it. So the drugzilla just literally, you know, it's one of these things that comes up. It's yeah. a word that comes up that seems representative of a kind of almost like a kind of cartoonish aspect to sort of portray what was going on in, in certainly in his life and my life at certain points when they had kind of our paths had crossed. Swords had crossed also. No, I'm joking on that. OK, now with this tour you're putting on, can you name me the musicians that make up the crew that's putting on like the 2016 tour of north america and will there be any like local openers at these shows well that i that you'd have to talk to um local promoters i believe there are local there are openers local openers at about half of the shows i don't know which ones and i don't know who they are um my booking agent troy has made sure that they're all sort of suitable i believe and the the band is uh enesh who is a guy I've worked with, working with since Yeah, about, yeah, I know Vanesh from KMFDM. It's like idiot. Yeah, I mean, we started working together, I think, in about 1985. I don't know. Must have met him at least back then. And um, did a lot of touring with him. And Gunther Schultz, who I met a little bit later, 
who uh, we did some really we did a lot of writing together, a lot of sitting in studios and a lot of touring together, and that was great. And so it's nice to just you know. I know that the shorthand, the language, the communication with Nick and Gunter really well. And then there's Zemar from Combi Christ, who I'd worked with over distance like three years ago when Mark was, me and Mark were writing stuff, which turned into this album. Um, and so it's great to have Zemar. He was, he's co-produced the album with me and he just has been absolutely brilliant and like, yeah, let's do this. And then we've got Galen Whaling playing drums. So there's a five-piece band. And um, that's the lineup. And it's going to be... yeah. I'm, I, it's lovely to have those guys because even though I haven't been on stage with Nick and Gunter for, I think, 2011, we were in Chicago at a Wax Tracks thing, it doesn't really matter how much time goes by. There's always this shorthand and understanding of what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't matter which style we're doing or whatever. There's a kind of communication that's very easy. Transcends that, language, yeah. although I always try to speak yeah. to them in fucking German, but they always pretend they always pretend they can't understand me. My German is I mean well, but it just seems to come out a little bit like English with an accent. But yeah, there you go. Now, how long of a set are you gonna have? Um, and what albums will be focused on the most? Uh honestly, I don't really know to I don't know the answer to both of those questions. We will do some old stuff and some new stuff and that's all i can say we will do some old stuff and we will do some new stuff and how long it will be i don't fucking know i really don't hey are you can you hear me still yeah yeah it's good it's good okay, the recording just... is coming out well yeah but I th so i don't know we'll just play for what it seems like the right amount of time do you think maybe you might do a cover or two like say alice cooper's hello hooray cover no i don't think we're going to do that one no, that's uh, really going back in time. Although we will do a couple that are from actually before then. There is an maybe, enormous, uh, let me tell you, Nick, there are an enormous amount of fucking songs to choose from. It's actually quite difficult yeah. to whittle them down. But some will be from beyond, like further back in time. Some will be from very recently. And some will be from in the middle. It's just whatever weight makes a balanced set. We'll get together and we'll rehearse in Chicago and we'll juggle it about. But we obviously have a basic kind of pool from which to choose from so we'll just kind of scope it out i've got a pretty good idea but i'll you'll have to come and see us if you want to hear it could you ever see yourself i know this is what probably like you do this maybe one show out of the tour but like symphony for the devil i used to play that actually all bloody 13 minutes of it or whatever it was you know yeah. all four parts of it i used to back in the day um usually when i was in uh, japan and uh, it has this kind of fairly epic kind of quality to it it's actually really good fun playing that but no i don't think we'll be playing that one but you never know stay stay tuned okay now i mean just having nesh be on tour with you again is like really cool can you throw out a story or two about fond memories of being on tour with him as well as i guess gunter oh my lord fond memories of being on tour with nick no there aren't i couldn't i couldn't possibly um but all I remember is when I first met Nick a long time ago, I just thought, this is the most extraordinary person. I mean, Nick is just a complete, they fucking broke the mold when they made that guy. A complete one off. He would be sitting on the back. So he'd be, I'd be sitting at the desk usually in the studio, fiddling away, desperately trying to push the parameters back in some way. And then Nick would just kind of 
go, oh yeah, I, I go and play some drums on this, or I'm going to play some guitar, and you'd go, right, okay, man. And then he'd fucking strap on this guitar, and he'd go, yeah, I'm going to do it like this. And you'd go, are you going to tune up? He'd go, no, it's all cool, you know, it's cool, man. <laughs> and then suddenly he'd just fucking, you'd go, right, we'll drop it now, and he would just fucking tear the fucking roof off the place, and you go, how the fuck did he do that? <laughs> I mean, an absolute fucking genius, man. A genius and the most extraordinary and gentle and lovely guy you could possibly imagine. Now, I guess, what about memories of uh, Gunter? Oh, Gunter, no, I mean, honestly, he would, he would probably start driving a tank over me if I started sharing, because I used to room with Gunter quite a lot, actually, back in the day. Um, again, lovely, quiet, kind, gentle person. But when he gets a guitar... Oh my God. Oh God almighty. It's <laughs> fucking Dungeon I mean, he's so funny, man. What a fucking blinding guitar player. Blinding. And yet he would stand there looking like it's you know, just kind of normal. <laughs> as, as these people who are severely talented do. Yeah. And I remember when I was first fucking touring with him, I'd be sort of throwing shit around, you know, trying to make the show happen, you know, desperately trying to kickstart things, throwing tequila around, throwing water around. But. You know, heaven forbid if anything landed on good tip, like, hey man, couldn't, couldn't make sure you're not throwing that shit on me. Oh my god, no, but he's a joy. No, and I, but I couldn't possibly. The sequence of Gunter, you'll have to talk to him if he wants to uh, unload that kind of shit. Okay, now, getting back into the uh, topic of the Diamond Sinners, what was the creative message you want people to see when they view that video? Hey, listen, man, um, I don't want people to see anything except what they want to see, I suppose. I mean, I'm not kind of shirking any kind of... Uh, I'd like them to just see the video for what it is, that's all, and people can take from it whatever and just maybe enjoy it. Um, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to lecture anybody on anything. I just think it's... Uh, I think it's Eerie the Lock, who's this fantastic director, um, put that together. So maybe you should, um, I'm just trying to dodge this one a bit. <laughs> I'm trying to swerve here, man. I'm trying to yeah. swerve next thing. Maybe you should aim that question at him. But, I mean, okay. we definitely sat down and we we, we talked. We, we just, I've actually just done another video with him recently for a song called Found in Filth. And we discussed these things, like, really quickly. In about 45 seconds, it's like, okay, so what's this about? And I go, all right, he says, what's the, what are the words? And I kind of read some of the words. And he goes, okay, and what's that about? And I go, yeah, well, and he goes, well, I think, and, it's, and then we both go, well, I think this is going to be the imagery, isn't it? And, um, and hey, presto, bang. And he's, he's a fucking genius like that. There is no fucking around, navel-gazing, paralyzing, analyzing. It's just... What's this about? Wham, bap. And that is the essence of all these people who have been working on this whole pig thing with me. They're really great people that you would want to spend time with and kick back with. And also, they're really creatively on it. And they don't fuck around. When they, it's time to go, they go bam. Which is really nice, you know, because I think in the past, this is me sidetracking a bit. When it was, I mean, I worked a lot with Steve White. Um, and that was great. It was a lot more, maybe because it was this massive, massive amount of drugs we consumed, but it was very much head down in the furrow, 
kind of plowing this furrow very earnestly. Da, 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 you know what I mean? And this is just as, this is what I mean about it. It's very the same, but it's very different this time around. Very different and it's very the same. But the thing that's the same is just doing the process of doing music, but the process has changed because there are more people who are there involved, hand in glove with the process, whether it's hearing, directing stuff, or seeing Marco producing stuff with me and writing stuff with me, or Mark Waite writing stuff in LA. And everybody seems to be much, there's a lot, there's a really great generosity of spirit amongst the people, you know, and it goes to my tour manager, my booking agent, the press guy, the people at the label. There's a lot more kind of communication, you know, having Gunter involved, and Nick is great because it's a bit like the past, but it's completely different, but it's the same. It's that whole thing. You know, and of course, there's Galen playing drums in the live outfit, which is great. Anyway, yeah, sorry to sidetrack. I'm a bit of a vinyl collector. Um, just wondering, you ever think of putting out like a real deluxe set of, say, The Swining with a bunch of outtakes and songs from that era that didn't make it onto the release? Or maybe on like another one of your favorite albums? Well, there's a bunch of shit coming out at the moment, man. I mean, there's, well, there's the gospel, is the CD, right? Yeah. Which has 11 tracks. There's a double vinyl, which has 12 tracks with an extra track on it. There's a download code, so you get the whole lot digitally. There is, there's the Diamond Sinners and the three remixes. There's a remix album in the pipeline, which won't come out till next year now, which has got loads and loads of great remixes from people. A lot of them are in now already. And there's some really good remixes. And I, I've never been a great band, but then I go, fuck, this is what these people have done. It's great, you know. From Kanga and London Up at Midnight and all sorts of people, not just, you know, Tim Skull's fabulous remix and Mark Heels and Chris Renner's, but oh, all of people. Um, and there are also, there's a, there's a special vinyl thing as well, which is in the pipeline, which is only available on tour, which has unreleased stuff and weird, rare outtakes, remixes, demos and stuff. So all that stuff you're asking about, it's happening now. We might go back and redo it with Twining. We'll see. Now, with these um, special, like, exclusive tracks, um, how old or how new are they? Well, I mean, there are some bits of, there are a couple of boxes, there are three boxes of vinyl that I'm taking on tour that are yeah. also selling at the merch booth, which are 12-inch they're 12 inches at 33 with some remixes I did in 1993 of The Fountain of Miracles. One of them was released on a CD after The Swining. I think it was one of the tracks on Red, Raw and Saw, but this is on vinyl and it's a different edit and there's a different mix on the other side. And there's another 12 inch that I'm bringing along, which is four tracks remixed from the era of Wrecked, I believe, which is a Japanese-only 12-inch, which I've got a few of them, I don't know, 50 or so, just a small number that I'm going to sell yeah. at the merch booth and various other bits and pieces. There's a lot of will, almost willfully obscure pig stuff that you might be able to get if you're, you know, early, uh, if you're an early bird or, you know, on a first-come, first-served basis on this, on this tour. Also, what would you say would be the ultimate pig rarity to track down for the really hardcore fans out there fucking hell man um well i hope people will i mean of the most recent ones i hope people will bother to fucking buy the vinyl the double vinyl for the gospel so then they get the whole package with the extra track i mean i think almost already 
the 12th track on the vinyl gospel, which you get on download. To me, I'm going, oh, man, that's, that's going to be quite rare. I hope people actually get it and not just buy the bloody CD version. Oh, but there are all sorts of little bits and pieces. There's one other thing that... I'm you want to keep it on the DL? There's another thing that's ultra rare, actually, that's in the pipeline that we're going to... People who buy VIPs for this forthcoming tour will get a four-track CD of an unreleased remix, an unreleased track, um, a super rarity that's never been released before, Big old track, yeah, exactly, um, and a demo. So that's a kind of that's a bit of a fucking rarity, but you only get it if you buy a VIP for being great. And that's it, and that's a lot. And then they're gone. And then there are some old rarities going back because a lot of the stuff you couldn't, you can't really buy a lot of big stuff in America, particularly. It was only available in Japan, and then it got licensed, and then you can't get it anymore. So I think it's all pretty rare, actually. Would you like to go back to any questions? No, no. That's probably that's covered. You've covered an awful lot of territory there, an awful lot of ground. No, I think you kind of covered a lot of stuff. I hope you get something that you can use out of this, man. Oh, definitely. Um, final words. Final words? Well, like I said, um, it's really great to be doing all this pig stuff again because it feels like having not done it and done other things and spent time sort of bringing up my kids and sorting out other aspects of my life and unsorting out other aspects of my life and doing music for shows and all sorts of things and installations, I think it makes me realize actually it's great doing it, but there's no point doing it unless you really want to do it. So I'm glad I haven't been just going through the motions for the last few years. I actually went away and did other things so that when I come back to doing pig, it feels really much more like, feels more exciting and vibrant and fresh than when I did stuff back in the day. It's weird. I love it. And I'm really, yeah, just, and I'm just really, it's really great to be working with other people who are very cool. This is Raymond Watts from Pig, and you are listening to Japan Nicks Rock and Metal Pandemonium. <laughs>